You're listening to audio from Hardin Baptist Church. For more audio content or other information about our church, please visit hardinbaptist.org. Amen. You can be seated. If you have your Bibles, go to John 13. We're going to be there in just a moment. Before we get there, I want to tell you a story about a guy named Dennis. Some of you might know Dennis Wood because um, he's the team leader of our safety team. Uh, but him and his wife, Joe moved here uh, from Decatur, Illinois. And just prior to moving, he'd retired uh, from uh, being a police officer, and he's getting ready to move down here. And about a year or so before they moved, they came to know the Lord. So they became followers of Jesus. So as they move into a new area to start kind of their new life, retirement, what's the next phase uh, for him and Joe? They came here and they knew I need to find a church. So they told me they went to eight different churches, filled out visitor cards, eight different places, and heard back from zero. So they're a little discouraged because like, we're trying to get connected. We're trying to find a place. No one is contacting us, figuring out how to get into their church. So just so happened on like a Tuesday, they're driving by 641. They see this church. So they pull in and uh, we were having preset Bible study. Our ladies were meeting there. So my wife, Katie, just happened to be in the foyer as he comes in because our offices are not here. They're actually downtown. So he comes in and says, hey, um, I would love to know about your church. So she gets to kind of tell him a little bit. She says, "Um, how would you like to follow me to the office? And they can really help you, all the information you need to know. And he says, sure. So she gets in her car, he gets in his truck, and they go down to the office. And Katie leads him there and says, hey, I want you to meet Sydney and Miss Lily. And which is like two of the best ladies to meet ever if you're like new and you need to meet people. They're just awesome. And so he meets them and they begin to tell him just everything about our church and how to get involved and just all the different things. So he goes home and meets his neighbor for the first time. And his neighbor says, hey, do you go to church anywhere? I go to Harbin Baptist Church. Would you like to come with me? And he's like, yeah, sounds good. So he comes to church that next Sunday and as he comes into this place, obviously, see, it, it's a big place. But in the foyer, he meets a guy named Wayne, Wayne Rawls, who happens to be one of our Sunday school teachers. And Wayne says, hey, are you new? I would like for you to come into my Sunday school class. So Dennis and Joe go into Wayne Rawls's Sunday school class. And all of a sudden, they get around a whole lot of people. But now they're in a room with just a few people, like 10 or 15. And they can get to know them and figure out who they are and learn names and get to know faces. And so that first experience, they get in a Sunday school class and they begin to meet some people at the church. Not long after that, they get to meet Brother Ricky in the foyer, and they say, hey, we want to be members, because they, they've loved the connection so far. So he tells them about the membership series, which leads them to a meeting with me about membership, and we talk about uh, what's your giftedness, and he says, well, you know, I'm a retired uh, police officer, and I said, well, we, we have a, a, a security team, is what we called it at the time. He said, well, I'm interested in that. So long story short, kind of a year later, he's like the head of our safety team, right now. But in that connection, in trying to get to that, he starts meeting a few other people. For instance, Scott. He meets Scott just in working with the security. And Scott finds out that Joe, his wife, does technology. So they recruit Joe to work up in the booth. So she's one of the people that clicks through the slides and makes sure the, uh, the lights are working for us. Joe also, in Wayne Rawls's class, it's not just Sunday school class, these ladies meet once a month together to pray, encourage one another. They do ministry together. They go reach out to people together. Like Joe says, man, these are like my people. Like it's unbelievable how connected I am to them. 
So Dennis decides, hey, I want some discipleship too. So he connects with Bill Sanders, and he meets on Sunday nights for a discipleship group in our hardened men's ministry. And there, he is deeply connected uh, to these men and has community and care and all the things that he would need. So I, I tell you to say that, that these people move from Illinois to Kentucky with zero family, zero friends, zero connection. And all of a sudden, they find a place that just because of you guys, because of your, your generosity, you inviting them, you caring for them, they have now found their people. And they will tell you that it is no doubt in their mind, God moved them to this place for this season in their life so they could be part of a body of Christ like this because they have found family. They're not just individual followers of Jesus who download a sermon once a week. They are part of a family who have deep relationship and connection within this body. And guess what? They're caring for others and others are caring for them. See, they're here without family, but in reality, they got a whole big family. And they got a lot of people who are deeply invested in them. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're in this series called I Am Sent. We say that every week. We decided to actually tell you what exactly does that mean. So what does it mean that we are sent? Well, first have to think about the we. Who are we? We are a local church. And what we do as local churches is we gather, connect, and we serve. And then we're going to give and we're going to go. That's the we are sent part. So last week we talked about gathering, the importance of you being here to worship God, to sing together, to hear the preached word of God together. That's really important that you gather weekly for corporate worship. But then also as you gather, we want to next connect. We want to find our people. We want to do what the Bible says to one another, one another. I mean, the Bible is replete with one another commands. We're going to read several of them in just a moment, but we are commanded to one another, one another. We're commanded to love one another. But here's our conviction. We can't one another, one another, if we don't know one another. And that's kind of the big idea this morning. You can't one another, one another, if you don't know one another. And, and I've got news. Um, just, just look around for a moment. Just like turn your head, not towards me. Just look around this room. There's probably close to 400 people in this room. So you're thinking, okay, I've got to know 400 people so I can one another, one another. That, that's a lot of others in this room. I can barely take care of me. Well, the good news is you do not have to one another all of the people in this room. But we do want you to find your people. You're 10, you're 15, and we want you to love them relentlessly, to one another them relentlessly, so that it would display who God is to a world that desperately needs God. So the question we're going to ask this morning is, are you connected to our church? Have you found your people? Have you found that group that you're connected to, you're living gospel community with, you're pursuing the Lord Jesus together with, you've got deep friendships and you're going together? Have you found that group? And if not, we're going to tell you exactly how to do that this morning. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 13 as we try to figure out, is this even something that we should or must do? John 13, if you stand out of reverence for the word of God. This is after Jesus washes the disciples' feet, the Lord's Supper is happening, the cross is on the horizon. Here's what we see in verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glory him at once. So a lot of glory. Little children... 
Yet a little while I'm with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Father, I pray that you would help us to truly live that out, that we would be a people that, that love one another. And if we're going to love one another, we have to know one another. And if we're going to know one another, we have to actually find our people that we can be responsible for to show this gospel love that shows the world who you are. We pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. You guys may be seated. So let's look at that first portion of Scripture in verse 31. Jesus says, The Son of Man is now going to be glorified, and God is going to be glorified in him. And he's saying, I'm going somewhere you don't know. You can't follow me. And he's alluding to the cross. He is showing them he's going to die. He's going to be put in a tomb, and he's going to rise from the dead. And in this event, God is going to be glorified. God is going to be made much of. People will see the cross, and they'll see the glory of God in Christ. So it's all about the glory of God. And then he switches then, right after saying, hey, in the cross, I'm going to glorify God and God's going to be glorified in me. Then he switches gears to talk about us. He says, I'm leaving. I'm getting ready to die, rise from the grave and go back to heaven. And when I go, I have a new commandment that I'm going to leave with you. So now we'll go to the next set of verses. What's the new commandment that he's leaving to us? The new commandment is that you love one another. Yeah, Amen. That we love one another. That, that's the command. So Jesus is going. He's going to die, raise again, go to heaven. And he says to his disciples, hey, the Christian life, becoming my disciple, it's not just about following me and downloading a sermon and doing your own life. It's about loving the family of God. You're part of a family, a kingdom, a body. And what I want you to do when I'm gone is to love one another. And notice he doesn't say just like one another or put up with one another or just be nice to everybody. Like that's kind of easy. Like if it was just, hey, everybody in this room be nice to everybody. We could just smile and be like, hey, do you want to go to get a donut first? Good. Like we fulfilled the command. But that's not the command. It's not just be nice to people. It's love one another. To care about them. To, to know them. To know their needs. To meet their needs. To show up when they need you and have people show up when you have needs. So the new command is to love one another. And what we're trying to say is you can't love one another unless you know one another. Like you can't love somebody if you don't know them. And that includes finding your people. But notice the example Jesus leaves us with. I mean, just look back down in the text. He says, the command to love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So he defines his love. It's a love like Jesus loves. Well, how does Jesus love? He laid down his life for us. He gave his life up. So it is a sacrificial, everything I have to love you kind of love. So Jesus is our great example in this love. We're supposed to love each other. Like the people in this congregation, you're supposed to love them like Jesus loved you. That requires something. He's asking of you to show up for people and love them well. But not only are we supposed to love people like Jesus, but as we do so, we actually are going to show the world who God is. Just notice with me in verse 35. By this, by what? By the way we love each other, by this all people will know 
that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. That by this, by the way you love each other, by the way you show up for each other, by the way you treat each other like I've treated you, people will know that you're my disciple. In other words, the world will see God by the way we love each other. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world is lacking just love, right? Like everybody's just mad at each other, we're yelling at each other. We don't have a lot of just loving each other. You know what would be nice for the world to see? A group of people that relentlessly love each other. It would show them the gospel, it would show them who God is. And I think that's what John says in 1 John, that the way we love actually shows the world who God is. Just look at these texts from 1 John. We'll read three of them. It says this in chapter 3. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Like the beginning of this Christian faith, do you remember what you have been taught? Well, who taught that? Jesus. Jesus said, love one another. Now we are commanded to love one another, which is actually also from the Old Testament, to love God and love each other. So this idea of loving one another, it's always been, but now it's heightened since Jesus came. Uh, Chapter 4 says this, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So if you've been loved by God, it should translate in now you love the people in this congregation. You now love each other the way God has loved you. And then I love this in uh, verse 12. He says this, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And I've always loved that sentence. I've always loved this thought. John first says, hey, no one's ever seen God. God's invisible. And then he says, if we love one another, God abides in us. So what is he trying to say there? Why does he start with, hey, God, you can't see God. God's invisible. But then he says, if we. And I think that if we, saying, hey, if we do something, we can actually show the world a God they can't see. Well, what is it? If we love one another. If we love one another, guess what? God abides in us, and God's love is perfected in us. So we, by the way, we love each other. We can actually show the world a God they can't see. Like God, God's invisible. We can't say, hey, um, worship our God. Here he is. But you know what we can do? We can love each other well. We can serve each other well. And we can show the world a God they can't see. By the way, we love each other. Hopefully you're picking up this idea that loving one another, it's sort of a big deal. And not just loving one another, but in the Bible, there are all these one another's. Like you can do a Google search and anywhere from 50 to 100 um, one another commands are in the Bible. So I'm going to give you like six of them just to, just to show this idea of we are supposed to one another, one another. And again, you can't one another, one another if you don't what? Know one another. We have to know one another to one another, one another. But now let's look through a few verses. Romans chapter 12 says this. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So this one another language. We're supposed to be for, we're loving one another. We're showing honor to one another. Ephesians 4, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. 
1 Thessalonians 5. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Romans 12. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. James 5. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. So that's just like six of the 50 plus one another's in the Bible. So the New Testament writers, they got this idea, hey, Jesus was really serious about loving one another. He said that's the way we show the world that we follow Jesus, and that's the way God, that's the way the world sees God. An unseen God can be seen by the way we love one another. So we better get these one another's rights. And so notice this live in harmony with one another. And all these one another's require another. Like you can't do these by yourself. Like, you're, you don't have to be commanded to live in harmony with yourself. Like, where do I want to go eat? Like, you just know, right? Like, it's just you do what you do. Like, it's fine. It's when you're with another human being, and they've got different desires and different opinions and different thoughts and irritating, then you got to live in harmony, right? Like, like forgiveness is easy when it's just you because you're always right. You never do anything wrong. You're perfect, right? It's you. But when you get around somebody else, now there's... Man, you, you mess up, and they mess up, and now there's, like, friction and tension, and you got to be, like, you're always kind to yourself, like, because I'm great, but now that you're with somebody else, i got to be kind because they're not great, and i got to figure out, like, it's, it's hard with people. That's why there's commands to one another, one another. Like, these commands are not natural, they're not easy, but they're commanded because we have the Holy Spirit within us who allows us, who enables us to love like this among one another. And if we do it right... If we get around a group of people and we one another them, that we show up, we forgive, we bear their burdens, we confess our sins, we pray for one another, we do God's business together, then God's love is displayed and people can see we're following Jesus and they can see a God who they can't see. Like that's what's at stake with this idea of connection. It's not just like once you connect, you have a few more friends. We do want that to happen. I want you to connect because this is deeply biblical. This is gospel language that we are commanded to connect together so we can show the world who Jesus is. Guess what? You need people and people need you. So we're trying to get you to find your people. The early church knew the importance of this idea of like one anothering one another, this idea of fellowshipping. Notice what it says in Acts 2. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. So notice, they were devoted to the apostles' preaching. They devoted themselves to the gathering. Talk about that last week. They were devoted. But then there's that word, and. And to the fellowship. Like, they were also devoted to this idea of fellowship, that they would scatter, and they would meet in homes, and they would meet in smaller groups, and they wouldn't know everybody at the temple, but they would come and they would know the 10 or 15 at their house and they would devote themselves. Not only about devote, but that doesn't seem casual to me. Like devote sounds like it's going to cost you a little bit. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to cost you time and comfort. You might have to sweep the house up. You might have to actually come here and spend another hour on Sunday. Like there's cost associated with devotion. But they were devoted to the fellowship. Why? Because they knew one another and one another mattered. Because by the way they love one another is the way the world will see Jesus and the way they grow into godliness. So the other church, they were devoted to the fellowship. So at Harden, we call this finding your people. 
We want you to connect. <clears throat> we want you to find your people, as Drew Holcomb says. So if you go out on the green wall, you will see a big sign, find your people. We've said that for like two years, three years, find your people. And every time you walk out, you look at, oh, find your people. What exactly does that mean? We want to help you unpack what that means right now. So we hopefully we're going to be crystal clear of what finding your people means, why you should do it, what it looks like, and also how to do it. So let's just start first when you think about finding your people, just the reality of our church. You are not going to a church with 30 people that you can know everybody. And it's not our goal to get back down to 30. Like, it's not one of our goals. Like, is it like, can we shrink this thing where there's only 30 of you? Like, that would make my job easier. That'd be great. Like, 30? Check. That's awesome. <clears throat> We're actually hoping to go the other direction. We actually want to grow because more people get to know Jesus and are connected to him and get life in his name. Like, that's where we're going. So if you're like, man, I wish we were smaller, we're like, I wish we were bigger because we want more people to know about Jesus. So we're hopefully going the other way. So the reality is, on any Sunday, there's about 1,000 people that will come in and out of our services. So 1,000 people. Now, you know that church attendance is not always super consistent because... A lot of you probably weren't here last week because you were traveling somewhere or going somewhere. Like you yourself probably come two to three times a month. So if you look at the thousand people that come every single week, it's really about 1,500 people that come in and out in a month to our church. So 1,500. Well, right now there's people watching online and they'll text in. There's some 900 that are, that are texting in as online viewers. So if you sort of add that number to that number, I mean, we're like above 2,000. So now we're commanding you to love one another, to, to forgive and pray and bear burdens and, and share and, 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 and live life and be in community with 2,000 plus people. Well, let's just be very honest, that's impossible. Like some of you are, are panicked right now because you don't know everybody's name in this room. You're like, man, in my old church, I knew everybody's name. I don't know. Guess what? I don't either. And I'm like supposed to. So let's all let each other know. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of faces. You don't have to one another every single person in this room. You can't. It's impossible. You can't one another a thousand people. But you know what you can do? You can one another ten. Like you can't do a thousand, but you can do ten. You can do fit. You can do twenty. You can do that smaller number of people. So here's our conviction. If we are going to one another, one another, we have to know one another. Because you can't one another, one another, if you don't know one another. So we have to actually connect. We have to go into some form of connection so that we get to know some people. So that in knowing them, we can love them, pray for them, bear with them, encourage them, stir them. Do all of those one another's with that group of people. So that's why we say it hard and we want you to find your people. That doesn't mean all of us. That means you find your group. Your circle, the people that you're going to know their names and they're going to know your name. Or if you don't show up, they call you, and if they don't show up, you call them. That kind of a, that's who are your people. The kind that when something happens, you text them. When something happens, they text you. That's what finding your people means. Now you might ask, well, why exactly do I need to connect? Like, like, like why should I even do this? Well, for one, you have a human need to connect. That's why Facebook and TikTok exist. You need other human beings. You're not made to be alone. You need some other connection. 
You, as a human, you were made for connection. But just imagine if we, we believe like, okay, there's an animal that needs like other animals. Like I say, like a chimpanzee needs other chimpanzees. And imagine we said, well, let's put them in a cage and just put video screens and show other chimpanzees like playing with balls and making cute videos. That'll, that'll suffice, right? We would all probably say that would be a miserable life for that chimpanzee, to just have videos of other chimpanzees. But yet a lot of us, the only communication and interaction we have as social creatures is to look at a screen. That we're like in our house, isolated, don't know anybody, but we're watching all these other humans do other things. That's not what we were made for. We were made for deep community together with genuine friendship. So it is a human need. It's also a cultural need. I mean, just just for the sake of um, NPR came up with a headline that uh, America has a loneliness epidemic. Like, we're in an epidemic right now of loneliness because, I mean, we change jobs, we change locations, technology has disrupted all of our lives. We have an epidemic of loneliness. New York Times came out with a headline that said, American men are in a friendship recession. Like, basically, like, men have, like, almost zero friendship now. So we're, we're isolated, we're unconnected, we don't know people. So there's a real human and cultural need for why you should connect here at Hardin Baptist Church for meaningful friendship and community. And also, it's a biblical requirement. Like God wants you to connect. He has commanded us to love one another. There's also great benefits to connection. When you connect, you gain community, care, encouragement, and growth. Like all four of those things happens if you connect. Like like one of my jobs is like if you go through something and I find out about it, I'm probably going to text you or call you or maybe come over and just, just kind of be with you and pray with you through that, whatever that might be. But you know what? If you're connected to a Sunday school or a small group, when I call you, you know what you're going to talk to me about? The outrageous care you've already received. It happens every single time. Like if you're connected to somebody, it's crazy. If you're like in a precept or a men's group or, or one of those places of connection, a Sunday school class, it's, man, you're not going to believe I've got this meal train, I've got this, and so-and-so came by and they took me here and I got fly. It's unbelievable the amount of care that you receive if you are in a group. If you have found your people, when you go through something, they will be there for you. And I can say that because I've seen it time and time and time again. If you're in community, you get outrageous care. If you're outside of community, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, just honestly, you might get a text and a call. I mean, that's about it. Because there's like 2,000 of you. That's what you're going to get. But if you're connected to that group, you're going to get outrageous care. Like crazy care. Like people stop bringing me food care. It's wild. Like some of you are nodding your head like, yeah, I've been there. Like it, it's crazy. Like I've went through something and you wouldn't believe the people that showed up and called and came because you were connected to other people in our church. The connected receive outrageous care. And it's one of the absolute beauties of being one of the pastors, just get to see our body work. <clears throat> you guys are phenomenal at caring for one another. We have to be connected to receive that care. You also get community, you get friendship, you get encouragement. They're going to push you in your walk with Jesus. You get growth. You're going to grow just because you're the other humans. Guess what? You got to forgive and you got to bear. You got to pray and you got to know more about than just yourself. You're going to grow in Jesus because you're around his people. You're around the family of God. So the benefits of connection, I can't speak highly enough on the benefits of connection. So let's get to the just real practical. How do you connect? How do you connect at Harbin Baptist Church? Well, I think for one, there's, there's organic and there's structured. So organic means um, you just like be a human. I tell my kids that a lot. Like, just be a human. Like, you just know what to do. Like, just be a human. So what I mean by that is we've got coffee and donuts outside in the foyer. 
So if, you're not, if you don't know a soul in this church, just go grab a donut, grab a cup of coffee, and just look around and see for the other person that's just standing there, not, not knowing anybody. And just go and stand by them and say, hey, I see you're standing here, I'm standing here, do you want to stand together? All right, let's just drink coffee and stand together. Hey, are you coming next week? Do you want to stand here and I'll stand here and we'll do this again next week? Sure. And then I guarantee if you stand there with that person for like three, four weeks, like it'll be a friendship or I don't know, marriage, I don't know, but you'll get connected to somebody at this church. So it's just, you don't have to have like Texas number and go to this wall. You can also connect on your own just as a human. Like, hey, you sit in my role every single Sunday for five years. I don't know you. What's your name? Cool. This is my name. Would you like to also sit somewhere like maybe a restaurant at some point, like with my family? Let's go do that. You can have organic friendship in the body of Christ. And the more you do that, the more life will be enriched. And you will, and I promise you will benefit from just knowing the people you sit around and the people you brush by with in the foyer. And you know what one of the best organic ways to get somebody else connected? Is if you are in a connection group, if you have found connection, be an evangelist for connection. And say, hey, um, my name's Corey. Uh, what's your name? Oh, are you connected in any way to Harden? And they say no. You say, oh, great. I'm in a men's group. Do you want to meet with me um, for breakfast on Wednesday mornings? You come and join, join Murray. I'll text you on Tuesday. Uh, okay. If you invite somebody in, they're probably going to come if they're not connected. A lot of you are connected because somebody invited you into something. So you could invite somebody in. That's an organic way. So you just act like a human and have some interactions and you Try to get someone to be in your place of connection. But now let's talk about the more structured way or the formal way to connect at heart. We really have three main places to connect. That's Sunday school, small group, and discipleship group. So I want to spend some time um, just very boringly talking about all of these things. This is where the sermon gets like really fun and exciting. But hopefully, if you like some structure and you're really curious about these things, you'll be interested in the differences of Sunday school, small group, and also discipleship group. So Sunday school, I know it's going to shock you, it happens on Sundays. It's crazy, right? Like Sunday school. And so it's also kind of like that other word, school, meaning it is a lecture-style teaching environment. So if you come into a Sunday school class, then there's going to be a teacher who's going to stand behind a podium and is going to teach you a lesson from the Bible. But also in that lecture-style environment, it's not exactly like worship service because there's going to be a lot of time to talk to pray, to hang out together, to get to know one another. So it's also about community, and it's also about care. You will get to know people. You will find your people if you join a Sunday school and stay with it long enough. And again, I said, if you're in a Sunday school, you'll get outrageous care, and you'll get to care for people in outrageous ways. Like, it is fantastic. The friendship, the thing they do together, how they go together. There's a lot that happens outside of that Sunday school class. But it's on Sunday mornings. We have three hours. We have 7.50. We have 9.15. And we have 10.40. We have an array of Sunday school classes. Uh, I see Joey back there. He's got a class that meets right there before this service. So if you got up just a little bit early, you could come to his Sunday school class. Um, we've got various ages and stages of life. So, for instance, we've just opened up a new Sunday school class. And really, it's kind of a new ministry. And they meet at 1040 up in the high school room, and we're calling it Harden 20s. And guess what? It's people at Harden that are in their 20s. We try to make it as easy as possible. Like, oh, 
I'm 25. Well, guess what? Here's where you go. And Trevor Grant is heading up hardened 20s. So if you're not connected and you're in your 20s, go to that. And I promise you, you will get outrageous connection. You'll get some supper groups and all sorts of cool things that they're doing. But that's Trevor's uh, central class, the hardened 20s. There's a lot of other. I'll just give you a little bit of the buffet. Brady Cyrus uh, is teaching through Matthew. David Joseph's going through Hebrews. Jackson Greer is teaching church history. Tim Henson, Romans. Randy Taylor, Luke. Uh, Trevor, 2 Timothy. Uh, Chase, Baptist Beliefs. Jason Billington, GSP. Uh, Jerry Washburn, a recovery class on, on Monday nights. So there's a, that's just a few of them. That's not even all of them. But there's just lecture-style teaching. So, hey, I would love to go. Like, we're going to be in Genesis for a year. I would like to study another book as well. We'll pick up a Sunday school class and you'll get to learn and also get people and care and community. So that's one of the easiest places to start getting connected. If you haven't found your people, I suggest go to Sunday school class. We've got the green wall. We've made up brand new brochures with every single Sunday school class, what they're teaching, who they are, and what time they meet. So maybe just go grab that as a first step to connection. Second, we have small groups. All right, small groups are different, and they're not lecture-style teaching. They are discussion-driven learning, okay? So what the small groups do is they discuss the sermon that was preached the following week. Most of them meet on Wednesday nights. Some of them meet on Sunday mornings, and some of them meet in houses throughout the community. But most of them are on Wednesday nights here at Harvard Baptist Church. So if you want to get involved in a small group, you can let us know, and you can come on a Wednesday. That's from 6 to 7.15. And the cool thing about, I'll just give a little plug for small groups, most of them potluck. And so my job on Wednesday nights is to check on the small groups. And so what that means is I get my plate and I do like appetizers here, first course here, second course here, third course here, fourth course here. And by the end of the night, I'm just like laying in the office like, ah, oh. it's great. They, they do food. It's awesome. But the thing about those small groups is they're, they're more centered around that idea of community. Like you will get to know deeply those people. You hear their stories, their testimonies, what's going on in their life. You'll pray for them every single week. It's a lot more of everybody in the room. They're smaller. They're like 10 to 20 people. You'll hear from them. You'll know them. They will become very deep friends. And also, once a month, you'll get to do a community outreach with them. We do the Harden House. We cook a meal for the Harden community. We share the gospel with them. So it's also a part of outreach as well in those small groups. So if that's appealing to you, we would love to multiply, grow, add more. Um, we will make room for you to join a small group. The third way to find your people or connect is in a discipleship group. Now, discipleship groups are different because they are personal Bible study that are gender specific for accountability and friendship. So they're gender specific. So we have women's rooted precepts, they meet primarily on Tuesday mornings, Wednesday night, and Thursday mornings. There's a few other different times. Those are the main ones. And it's inductive Bible study. You do your homework through the week. You engage God's word. And then you meet up with a group of ladies and talk about the scriptures and all that God's done. But it's not just the scriptures. It is deep friendship. My wife has been in a precept group for years. And she got a little text message group called the Precept Girls. And it's not even like her, necessarily her current one, but it's these, these friends that she's got through precept. And it... They're her people. And man, she texts them. She like almost too much. I'm like, babe, I'm here. Could you turn the girls off and talk to me? But if she's going through something, they're there. If, if they're going through something, she's there. It is outrageous care and community and friendship because she's found her people. 
We have like 130 plus women in discipleship groups. They would love to add more. They would love to have you. Those kick off uh, next week. You can call the church office, get all the information you want about those. We also have men's groups, hardened men. Those meet primarily for breakfast before work at various times through the week. For instance, mine meets on Wednesdays at 6.30 at Schaefer Coffee. And uh, those are like five to six men meeting together And what we do is we push each other to read the Bible every day. That's our accountability piece. And then we watch a a video teaching. Uh, We're dealing with biblical manhood right now. And so then we have conversations about biblical manhood. And we push each other to lean into biblical manhood. So if you're a guy like um, the New York Times identified, is there is a recession of friendship? No guys have any friends? Well, guess what? We have over 100 men in hard men's groups, and they are best of friends. Like, it's awesome. It's so great. I've got my guys. I've got them a text group. I can send them out. Like, they're my boys. Like, they've got me and I've got them. And it's, it's, have you found your people? Have you found that place of connection? We've got organic ways to connect. And some of you just have natural friendship in this church and you're doing community with those people. You're having meals with those people. They're coming over to your house. You're coming over to their house. That's great. If you have that, you don't necessarily have to do one of these other things. But if you don't and you're searching... We have a real way for you to connect. We have Sunday school, we have small groups, and we have discipleship groups. We would love for you to connect to those. So I want to kind of finish um, Dennis's story for you guys. Because it's not just Dennis came and got really connected to our church. About six months ago, Dennis found out what no one wants to find out. That he's got cancer. And it was that news of like, man, my whole life now is upside down. All of my plans, all, all the things that me and Joe have set aside, it's, we don't know what to do. And so he could have cancer. There, there's all these like testing now that has to run. And remember, Dennis is here with no family. That's really not true. He's here with a massive family. He's here with a church family because he took a step of connection and he got connected, and he found his people. So when it was time for him to go up to Cincinnati to have surgery, guess what? It was um, Robert Billing or, or Robert um, uh, who took him. He's one of the greeters, Robert Lowry. He took him, drove him all the way to Cincinnati, and spent ten days with him, just to care for him, encourage him. Drove him all the way back home. Joe is here on her own, and guess what? She hasn't been on her own because she's had outrageous care of the ladies in her Sunday school group, other people taking meals to her, caring for her, meeting every need that she could possibly have. It's been the last six months of him receiving outrageous care. If you see Dennis, just say, hey, Dennis, uh, should I join the church and get connected? And just buckle up because you need about 30 minutes to be ready because he will tell you every reason you need. He wanted me to tell you a whole lot more than I've told you this morning, but Man, here's his story. He found his people, and by finding his people, when the darkest moments in life came, he wasn't alone. And guess what? Dennis has been on the other side of that many times. He's been there. He showed up. He's been there for people because that's what being a Christian looks like. It's loving one another like Christ has loved us. But here's the reality. We can't love one another if we don't know one another. And you can't know everyone here. So if you're going to love one another, you have to know one another. You can't know a thousand, but you can know ten. 
So the question is, have you found your 10? Have you found your, your small place? Have you found that little group of connection? And if not, then what about this morning? It's a new year. Everything's new. It's a new beginning. What about right now you take a step towards connection? We're going to have Matt come. and He's going to play just a song of response. We've got like 15 minutes left in service. So you guys are just really, really chill. He's going to play. And as he plays, there's going to be um, an image on the screen of how you can take a first step towards connection. We love 94,000, right? Um, <coughs> you can text in HBC Connect to 94,000. It's okay to worship with your phone out during this next song. That's actually what we want you to do. We want you to get out your phone if you're not connected, and we want you to text in this number, and that will put you in our system to help get you connected. Also, if you don't want to do that, you're like, I ain't getting my phone out, that's fine. We have a green wall that says find your people. We want you to go there. We've got literature, we've got information, we've got brochures, we've got cards. We've got everything you could possibly want to know. Trevor will be there to get you connected in whatever capacity you need to get connected in. If you don't do that, call the church office. And Sydney would love to walk with you through connection. I would love to walk with you through connection. So this is your response. If you're not connected, during this song, pray about God. Give me the courage to text in because I want to connect. I want to find my people. I want to love one another. And I can't love one another if I don't know one another. The second response is this. If you are connected right now, then I want you to pray about someone who you know in this body who's not connected. And how could you go to them and invite them into your place of connection? And if you don't know anybody, just look around and be like, that girl looks like she's not connected. I'm going to pray for her. Maybe she is, maybe she's not, but God will sort it out. So two responses. Either text in to get connected or pray for someone to get connected. And if you're online and you're at home and you haven't been in a long time, hopefully this morning you know, oh, I need to get connected to actually other people. Hey, we want you to come back. Text in that number. We'll get you connected. We want to welcome you back to the gathering and the connection because we believe we're a body, we're a family that needs to meet together and connect together. And next we're going to look at serving together to the glory of God. So I'm going to pray. We've got plenty of time to set under this song. You do one of those two things. Pray for someone or text in or make a decision on how you can connect. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for Jesus. We pray right now during this song of response that we would sit, we would think, we would pray, we would sing, we would worship, we would text in, we would take a step. We would do what you need us to do. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You're listening to audio from Hardin Baptist Church. For more audio content or other information about our church, please visit hardinbaptist.org.